on to prism diagnostics. <laughs> <laughs> and we found all the flaws. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> did you notice they clapped louder for Tobias than they did for us? Oh, I did. <laughs> why, why is that? I don't know, but it did hurt my feelings. Did it? I think I'm becoming 51. <laughs> yeah. Your feelings are hurt? It is really good to have everyone with us today, and those were really interesting things. Experiment gum? <laughs> really? We need, some, we need to pass that out, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we really do. So uh, Tobias said that our ability to look at someone and recognize them is still more advanced than computers. And that is really a significant thing because scientists are having a hard time figuring out how we can do it. And I think it ties a lot into what we talked about last week because we talked about being sentient beings, having these human superpowers of being able to do creative thought, to be able to feel emotions and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And this intelligence that's in us that computers struggle so hard with it's hard to explain, but we have it, and it gives us a, a real tremendous power. Yeah. I've had a lot of uh, interesting reactions to our discussion last week. First of all, a lot of people have uh, become real interested in Cellus Gold. Mm -hmm. And there have been a lot of questions, and we've been trying to get some answers out to people on that. But I want to tuck in just a few. Maybe you'll help me remember some okay. of the main questions. They want to know if maybe, this... Maybe she will. <laughs> I just did you, did you see how well I put her on the spot? I am <laughs> definitely a sentient being. I have emotions and I can feel. Okay, one okay. for you. <laughs> Thank you. Good. One of the biggest questions is um, if going to sell as gold is going to impact their, the cost. The cost. Gold is more expensive. Yeah, it is. Because it's gold. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is interesting. Gold is a metal that has been used for 2,000 years as a way of making payments in trade. And um, my prediction, it'll probably be that going forward, too. So it's a really amazing metal. Uh, so when you talk about sell us gold, people are holding their wallets saying, what? Yeah, no, yeah. please. No. But the good news is we have planned this realizing everybody's on, not almost everybody is on a very tight budget, mm -hmm. and so there are no plans to increase the cost of tuition for Acellus Academy families that are doing Acellus Gold, mm, right? That's wonderful. And I, I will say that's quite a big thing to say because Acellus Gold has high-resolution images, very high-resolution images. If you have enough bandwidth at home to be able to play them, will go as fast as your local internet will allow you to do. And that means we have to buy a lot more internet to be able to send all that video to all of you students. And so you say, well, how can you do that? Because internet bandwidth is one of the reasons that uh, an online program like this is so expensive. And I'm happy to report that we have been working like little beavers. <laughs> <laughs> to find a solution to that problem. And what we've done is, is really quite creative. Now, you guys that are going to be solving problems throughout your careers, 
you ought to take note of this because there's something to learn. So they told me that if we're going to offer high-definition, high-resolution videos to our students, we're going to need a lot more bandwidth. And our bandwidth is one of our biggest operating costs. It's really expensive. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need a lot more. Now, we host our programs, our videos, from our own data centers. And we do that to really keep the cost down. But we still have to go to someone and buy an internet service so we can hook our data center up to the internet. And there are internet providers, as they're called, all over the world that sell internet services to consumers. Well, we have paid them a lot of money to deliver these video lessons to you students. But we got a little bit clever. We arranged to have a fiber optic cable going from our data center clear out to a major city in the south, like Dallas, clear out to Chicago, New York. In fact, about 110 different cities, we have a fiber connected to that city. And then the internet providers in that city can connect directly with us. And, and really what we do is we're going around the internet. So we don't have to pay to put it in, and they don't have to pay to take it out. And that really helps us to keep oh. the cost down. Uh, it may be that when Acela's Gold first comes to your home, that you can't see the super high resolution videos because we go way up. You don't need to have it that high. I mean, if we just go one notch up from where you are right now, the videos will look so much better. But as internet gets faster, as it keeps doing every year, you can see those videos. Might be too much information. <laughs> oh, I forgot. They can see us. Exactly. <laughs> the skies, you know. There you go. I hope they don't recognize us. It's fun because um, if we go anywhere together, we get recognized. We have students everywhere. When I go alone. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? So anyway, there are a lot of other things we're doing, though, that are making it so that we can keep the, the cost where it is because we know a lot of people are struggling. So good news, we'll keep it there. And this is a program just of Acellus Academy. Uh, the Acellus Academy team put this together, developed it, and I'm really excited that it's, it's really getting closer and closer. Uh, around, what was it, uh, about lunchtime, Kansas City time yesterday, people had a hard time signing in wasn't for very long. Some of you, if you happen to sign in right there, say, hey, this isn't working. And then it worked. Well, what happened is we were putting up our new Acellus Gold sign-in server. Mm -hmm. And we put it up, and the internet did not like it, so we took it down. <laughs> a, little more, a little more polishing to do, which we found out what was wrong. But that's some of the excitement we're going through right now getting it going. So uh, we actually thought it was a DDoS attack, but it turned out to be an attack of our own making, <laughs> which was good news. So anyway, it's, it's coming, but we are going to hold the line on the cost. Was that pretty much your last question? 
No, but you answered one of the other questions. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I stole I your thunder. You're psychic. Could, could we rewind on that, guys? What, yeah. what was the question going to be? I'll is change it, the answer. Is it only, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Is it only for a Salsa Academy or can Power, is it for Power Homeschool as well? Power Homeschool is, is a different company that, that has been set up to help parents that are teaching their own kids. And so Power Homeschool delivers the lessons to their students. Mm -hmm. But in Acellus Academy, it's an accredited school with teacher support, etc. This is a project of Acellus Academy. The Acellus Academy parents, because of the additional teacher support in that, pay more, and that's what enables us to do this. Mm -hmm. If there is an Acellus, uh, Power, excuse me, if there's a Power Homeschool family that would like to try it, then I suggest they move over and try it on a Cells Academy, okay? Okay. But with Power Homeschool, the feedback I have from parents is right now they'd like us to really keep the cost just as low as we can. Well, it's amazing that you're doing that. It's, it really is. I do what I'm told. <laughs> you do what you want, but it's, it's still amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, right now I'd like to know. Okay, what else? Uh, they're, they're really anxious to know when the release date is. The release yeah. date. When is it coming out? We are going to do a thing called Rolling Thunder. Ooh, that big deep sound underneath. <laughs> rolling. Yeah, we're going <clears> to, <throat> with, with something this big, and this is, like I say, uh, you coders know how absolutely cutting edge this is in so many, many ways. We're going to roll it out in increments so that we can kind of control it. And we're trying very hard so that when we roll it out, the next day we don't have to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the kinks out of it. But the, the thing that we do have here is a, a test school. Remember me telling you that we have our first prototype Acellus Learning Center. And this is like a little micro school that an organization like a, a neighborhood or a church or someone would put together so that all the Acellus Academy students can come together and study there. Well, we have one here, and we started with just a few of their students and a few more. Now we have all the students at this learning center have been on it for how long? Someone help me. I think we've been three weeks now where they're using it, and uh, they're having good luck. Uh, I've interviewed two kids today mm -hmm. as I was coming in. Hi, guys, there's some of them here. And I asked them, how's it going, and do you like it? And I had one elementary school student tell me that it's so much fun. And then I had one middle school student tell me that. I'm still looking for a high school student to ask. But I, I think it's going to be a, a really big step for us in Acellus. Uh, so it'll be coming out. Now the, the planned release date, not the promise, because when you're doing something cutting edge, promises are futile. So, but the, the goal is by September 1st. We would, we'll have this thing rolling out to, to our students. And um, we're, we're working very hard to achieve that. And, and right now it looks like we'll have no problem doing that. But you know, this is like uh, Elon Musk launching giant rockets into space. Um, when you're pushing the envelope, when you're, when you're doing things that are so advanced, 
uh, if it can go wrong, it will, and it will twice. You know, it's just <laughs> the nature of things. But I love the challenge of it, and if it does, we'll fix it. We'll figure it out. But we'll get it to you just as soon as we can, and it's going to be an amazing school year. I do believe that students will find that the day goes by faster on the Cellus Gold than it did on the old Cellus because of the things we build in there. Now, the really powerful, powerful learning tool inside of a Cellus Gold is vectored instruction. And I want to talk about that for a minute. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that our new test data is out and we have a lot of students and a lot of data uh, that we're analyzing. And with vectored instruction, we're seeing that groups that have traditionally not scored well are doing really well. And it supports my theory that the reason that some students really struggle isn't because they're stupid. I mean, every student learns differently. And a lot of them, if you ask them, well, I'm just stupid, but they're wrong. And the thing that, that I believe is the problem, and now I think I have proof that it's the problem, is that when you're learning a lesson and you're trying to do the assessments, if you're missing some of the foundation material you needed from prior years, it's almost impossible then to build on that. It's like building a brick wall, and you're laying the brick, and you come along, and you get to a part, you're on the fifth row of bricks. You're laying them, you come to a part where there's none below. I dare you to lay the fifth row if there's nothing below. You just can't do it. You have to go down and build the foundation up, and then you can do the fifth row. And that's the way it is with learning. So we did an experiment about four years ago where if a student was really struggling, like if they were in algebra and they just were not making any progress, we took them back to pre-algebra. If they struggled there, we took them back until they finally got where they were having success. And then we brought them back up and they did well. Well, moving the whole class turned out to be quite cumbersome for the school and the students. So then we made vectored instruction so that it goes back on just a single concept in a single lesson. So you're going along and you don't get it. The secret, guys, is if you don't get it, just keep trying because Acellus is sitting there analyzing how to make you get it, how to give you the power to succeed. So you just keep trying and then it'll go back and it'll start breaking it down into the pieces and build it back up. As we look at the data, we keep track of every time a student gets stuck, goes on vectored instruction, and it just happens. It's kind of invisible to the student, except all of a sudden they start getting it. And then it comes right back up to the same lesson and they, they stay on grade level. The results are phenomenal. This is the thing that I think is making a cellus so much different than anything else. And I consider that vectored instruction is my most important educational invention. I call it an invention because we spent a long time trying to figure out how to do this. And for you power homeschool people that are listening, I figured this was so powerful that we have put it also into the regular cellus. So everybody will have that really powerful tool. So those of you that are using Power Homeschool or at one of the public schools using the cellus, you will see a difference this year too. And so that's something really good and wonderful. Okay?
all the time for you to ask questions is about out. I can feel that. Okay. All right, so what else? <laughs> um, ask, the, ask a good one. Uh, Set me up, you know, like in volleyball. Oh, here we go. Let me slam okay. one. <laughs> um, some of the parents are concerned because they have their, some students that are getting ready to be almost finished with ourselves um, and graduating. And if and when we roll ourselves gold out, is it going to interfere with what they're already doing in the ourselves program? I don't quite understand that. So How they want They don't. That's what they want to understand. They don't know if a sales goal is going to be flipped all the way over for them, or if it's a whole new program, or. No, no, no. If you're in the middle of a class, you stay right on that step in that class. Okay. Everything will be the same record-wise, and you may be able to see the teacher a little better with okay. a higher resolution. Mm -hmm. And there are all these other tools and motivations and things built into it. No. Same lessons. We have a lot of new lessons that are being filmed and that are coming out. Some are out, some are getting close, some are still being filmed, but an enormous amount of Cellus is being refilmed because we have new studios, we know how to do it better. And by the way, the new, better filming of courses are for all of us, Cellus, too. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, the, I don't think there's something disruptive. I did get a personal message on my rogerbillings.com website from a parent that asked me uh, if there was a way that when their student graduates, they can continue to do some classes and lessons. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that's the second time I've been asked that, so it, it's now getting to get my attention. But I'm thinking that we are going to make some kind of a, of a something for Cellus Academy graduates mm -hmm. so they can do something maybe at IST and kind of keep things going. The same parent suggested that they would sure like it if some of the, the parents could take some of the courses. Mm -hmm. And specifically they mentioned Dr. Money or Monet or, oh yeah, it was you, wasn't it? Um, wow. <laughs> Dr. Peje Monet is changing America. Hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that I should not tell, but nope. since she nope. lost her point, I, I can <laughs> go ahead and say anything I want. Did you know that. that many prisons are now putting a cellist in the prison to help the inmates yeah. to be able to complete high school or, or gain a trade? And as they put it in these prisons, and in some states they have it in all their prisons now, and, and hopefully people are, are getting new hope and they're starting to see a future. But they've reported a problem that these wonderful uh, human beings just want to do Peugeot Monet's social emotional course. Mm. That's a problem. And you know that's a problem, isn't it? Well, turn it off. <laughs> exactly, turn it off, turn so it off. So it is interesting that uh, at least the ones on Acellus Gold, they'll have to do their other courses too. But she is, she is making a difference, and I'm really grateful to her for that. Um, I, I don't know how many of you students realize how much she listens when you reach out and give her feedback. Mm. Uh, a lot of you are telling her about how her lessons have changed your life. Uh, people that kind of lost their way, got discouraged, uh, went through some kind of a crisis, 
And that's what fuels her, that's what keeps her going, is knowing that she's making a difference. I love my secrets. But she loves it when she gets real feedback where you come back in and say, you know what, this is my situation, how can you help me? And she organizes those and puts them in her future lessons. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna get her doing a lot more filming. So anyone that has specific things that you would like to have in her classes, you can put them in your Science Live comments, you can put them in through the Acellus interface, you can do them whatever way you choose. But thank you on behalf of all of us. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. And yes, words out, I do take her course. You take my course. You take my course. It's fine. I'm so sweet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, should we move on then? Yeah. Okay, because mm -hmm. there's some fun things to talk about today, and I'd like to jump into it. So last time we talked about sentient behavior. Remember I told you about the guy at Google that says, oh, our computer's alive now. Mm -hmm. It became so advanced, so powerful. It's a living being. And then they looked at it closer, and it wasn't. What is it that separates a computer from a living being? What would a computer have to do to actually be sentient or to be a real person, mm -hmm. to have what physicists would call a conscience? And I think that our ability to do this creative, passionate, conscious, thinking is mankind's superpower. You have a superpower. And I, I hope I laid a foundation for it last time. A lot of people that responded to me told me, man, that was really interesting, but now what did you say exactly? And so <laughs> I wanna try to, to come in and take this to the next level, because this is really important to understand. Um, <clears throat> I probably shouldn't say this, but I say a lot of things I shouldn't, don't I? <laughs> uh, yesterday, we received an invitation from a national uh, television news organization asking if we would mm. tell them about what we did last time on, on national television. Yeah. And? I told him she'd be glad to. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that anyway, doesn't work for me. <laughs> if, if that works out, we'll let you know. But it is important stuff, and it's stuff we need to know. The world changed. Yes. There's a few things that have happened throughout history that have really, really, really changed the world. I believed when that first engine ran on hydrogen, the world changed. And it's taking 50 years for yeah. people to realize it, but all of a sudden, everybody is mm -hmm. starting to understand how important hydrogen is, at least almost everybody. Yeah. There are other events that were even more significant. One day, sitting in my home on a weekend, I tried to find a solution to what I thought was the biggest computer problem. I had a personal computer it was so powerful that I could flip switches and turn lights on and off because I had no keyboard, no display. It was just a CPU, but it was a real computer and I could see this was gonna change the world. But I thought the big problem that's gotta be solved is someone has to figure out a way so that everybody can have a computer and we can all find the information we want and share it. And that sounds trivial today, but then it wasn't. 
you just cannot write a program so that every computer can talk to every other computer. And that's what we did back then, because all we had was mainframes. And if you got 10 or 11 big mainframes talking to each other, they were so busy talking to each other, they couldn't even do the computing. If you added another one, it would slow them all down. And that was when I had probably one of the biggest aha moments. <laughs> no, I did not go out in the street naked like, well, what's his name? But one of the really big moments when I realized that I was seeing something really big. And the idea was real simple. It was, besides giving everybody their own computer, have a central computer that wouldn't be anybody's computer. It would just store stuff to be shared between everyone. So if I've got something I want to share, I store it on this central thing. We call it a server today. I called it, in my original patent, a data center. <coughs> today, everybody is excited, or at least not excited, everybody uses client-server computing. But before that moment, no matter how hard people searched, they couldn't find anybody that had done it before me. That's really amazing. Yeah, and so I felt like that was going to be a day that would change right. the world, and I think it has. Well, <coughs> hydrogen cars, great. Client-server computing, great. AI is so much bigger. Hmm. If you want to see something that's really going to change our world, then AI is here. And we knew it was coming. We talked about it. Boy, if this ever happens, it did. <laughs> it's not past tense anymore. It's here. And it came on much faster than anybody predicted, hmm. myself included. So what does it mean? Well, a lot of people are getting very concerned. It's going to take everybody's jobs. It'll be able to do whatever you did better than you can do. And so therefore, <laughs> I think an Android page doesn't have a chance. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But I, I do think that it's time for the human race to step up. There was a time when we used to do things that we don't have to, to do today because we have machines mm -hmm. that can do them for us. And through the modern history, we have invented thing after thing after thing, like even the automobile. If you have a car, you can travel a good distance much quicker than you could walk. And things even got better when we got a carriage and a horse. We'd go faster than we could walk. But things just keep speeding up. And every time you have a big jump like this, they say, okay, nobody's going to have a job because AI is going to do it all. And I, I don't see it that way. But I do see that it's time for people to quit pretending that we're nothing but AI and start mastering our human superpowers, the things that make us sentient. I, I have a real good example of this. Let's suppose that we live in Los Angeles where they have a real traffic problem. They got beautiful wide freeways, but they got more cars than they have freeways. <laughs> it's just a busy place. And in rush hour there, 
you can almost sit at a standstill on the freeway waiting for it to move, even though they're big, wide freeways. Let's suppose that you were to go buy a really expensive car hoping that it would get you through the traffic jam. And so you get this really special, expensive car and you get out on the Los Angeles freeway and the road stops and there you are. And it's not helping. It's just, it stopped like all the other cars. And you say, you know, why did they charge me so much? This car is going nowhere. And besides, this car sticks out too much. Out that way and out that way. It's got those two darn wings. <laughs> Goes clear out there and blocks the traffic. It's hard to park. But someone hasn't figured out. This isn't a car, it's an airplane. Why are you sitting down in the traffic jam with an airplane? And that's exactly what people are doing with their sentient ability with your superpower of consciousness, the power to create, be creative, and feel passion. That is the thing that is so precious about every person that computers just don't have. And yet, here we are stuck in the traffic jam doing what AI can do. If you lose your job because AI can do it, well, then you're not being a superpower user, are you? You should be doing something that AI can't do. And guess what? There's going to be a lot more demand for people that can do the real creative things than there ever has been before. This is going to work out. There are some things we need to watch. There, We should be careful in, in going to this very careful, and, and I really think Elon Musk hit it right on the head what the big danger is, and we could talk quite a bit about that. But I want to give you a little bit of direct training on how this really can work. And I have come up with five levels of uh, <clears throat> consciousness, and I think this will help people understand. Okay, so let me run through them real quick. Level one is no consciousness. It's random thoughts. It's just, there it is. Level two, which is more advanced, is the ability to record and play back. That's like a recorder. A tape recorder can record a whole bunch of things you say, and then later it can turn around and play it all back, right? Mm -hmm. Level three is the ability to sort recorded material, group it and organize it so you can find it. Well, an example of level three is Google search. You can type in anything you want in Google and it'll go find stuff that's been stored away that's about what you search for. But then you get up to level four, the ability to compare all usage of, of a term, to select those that are most often used and which ones are used most by the most compelling sources, and this is artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence can only give back what it's learned from mankind. But the thing is, there's a lot of, of mankind. And so they have this large model where we look at everything that's written, and so artificial intelligence can take something you say poorly and use 
better vocabulary, stronger words, <laughs> proper grammar and spelling. It can do those things, which is pretty wonderful. And people are afraid. Students, we want to be able to test them because they'll just tell AI to do their homework. And then they'll never learn how to do it themselves. Well, what we need to do, and this is something profound I want you to remember, we need to teach our students how to drive AI. We have to drive it. It's kind of like in my airplane example a minute ago, we got an airplane, we're stuck in traffic. We need to learn how to fly. We need to teach our students how to operate AI. And then all of a sudden, you don't lose your job. You make yourself really valuable. And I want to show you a little bit of what I mean by giving you some quick examples. Before I do, there's one more thing I really want you to understand. What is sentient? What is human? What is this miracle that we call consciousness? And these are some things I've identified that I think help you recognize sentient behavior. When we think an original idea, not just remembering someone else's thought, that's sentient thinking. When our thought or artistic creation is the result of our feelings or emotions. Mm. And you know, if all we get is a lot of mechanical things, mm. AI stuff, if you get into something that really matters, and you read it, it's flat. We have to put the spark of emotion and creation into it and then AI can write it down real nice for us. When we consider multiple criteria of a problem or an objective and then invent a solution, not because we learned it from someone else, but because we figured it out. And this is where we get into inventionary. If you're going to solve a problem, you've got to figure out all of the aspects or the considerations or what a scientist would call the criteria of the problem. And then you've got to figure out a solution that solves them all. And that's the kind of thing that we, the people, are good at, okay? <laughs> and then the last one. When we go beyond our, and, and this one is going to make some of you think, I think. When we go beyond our own point of view and begin to show the ability to understand and respect the feelings of another, this is kind of an interesting thing. Um, one of the questions we get in social-emotional from quite a few of our students is, how do you build yeah. a relationship with other people? I'm very lonely. Mm. I want to have friends. And I have friends, but it's not real. And social media allows you to have you know, 10,829 friends, but not one close one. If you want to really be able to build relationships, there is a sentient behavior key that you can use that's very effective. And this is the most important thing that we're going to discuss today, and maybe this year. This is, this is big. <laughs> when you interact with another sentient being, another human being, can you listen to what they say, compare it to what you think, and if they get everything the same, call them a friend? Yep, we think the same, we're friends. 
Well, in the first place, nobody thinks the same. We all have, that, that's part of being sentient. We have our own ideas. Yeah. In the second place, quite often, when you ask someone a question, they sit there and try to think what you want to hear and say, oh, I think this, because they want to impress you. No, when we get the point that we actually will tell each other truthfully, honestly, what we really think about different things, and when you can sit here and see that their opinion, their point of view, is different than yours, and you can respect it as their opinion, and not get upset, not get judgmental, but be tolerant, then you have the foundation of a relationship. And I, um, I need to show you some, I think, cute little demonstrations okay. of just how this works, because that introduces it. Let's see where we go. So I ask AI, this is me driving AI, just like you need to drive AI, and like you need to learn how to do it. And there's a lot to learn, mm -hmm. and it's fun, <laughs> and it, it leverages you. It gives you power to just change the world. So I ask AI, I said, AI, write a story about something. <laughs> Was that sentient thinking? I gave it such great motivation, and it's... It went out and wrote a story, and I want to read it to you, okay? <laughs> Let this inspire you, okay? And this is real. In a quaint town, curious Amelia discovered a magical book transporting her to mythical realms. But she lost touch with her world. A wise wizard reminded her of the importance of applying knowledge. She became a storyteller, inspiring her town. The stardust faded, but her legacy endured. <laughs> I can feel so little emotion. <laughs> There's no emotion. All right, so now I said, what if I could give the students an example of how you program AI? how you have to do the creative thinking because AI can't. Mm -hmm. And then you have to somehow put it into this big computer so that it'll do what you want. So I decide, okay, now I'm gonna write a story that says something. Anybody got any idea what we should write about? <laughs> we'll see how this works out. So this is my instruction to AI. And if you look, I'm coming up with constructive, creative thoughts. And I'm plugging it into AI so that it's able to get in its computer memory this new idea. This, this story's never been told before. It's never been heard before. It's brand new, fresh. And I'm going to read you my programming words and see if you can figure out why I put everything in I did. And then I'm going to let you see the story that came out. Okay? Are you ready? And see if it's different than this one we just heard. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. AI. Write a story about a little bear that could not build relationships. He was lonely. His only friends were artificial and insincere. 
His name was Tobler. Okay, so now I've given him a name. I said it's a bear. It's mm -hmm. a little crazy for AI. Bears can't talk. <laughs> His name's Tobler, and he has friends, but they're not sincere. Tobler is a good bear. He's kind and caring. Write the story so the reader looks at the story through the eyes of this character. So I'm giving him the, the whole invention. Include Tobler's close friend, a chicken named Beak. Get it? Beak is a very naughty chicken. He is always doing things to get him and Tobler into trouble. Some of the things Beak does are so naughty that they even seem funny to the reader of the story. I'm giving AI a lot of input. The other character in the story is a little girl named Peget. Mm. <laughs> Peget, <clears throat> Peget is beautiful and kind. <laughs> Peget is beautiful and kind. Mm. Everyone loves her. She teaches the other animals how to have real relationships. Do you know how many kids would give just about anything to learn how to have real relationships? She knows that living creatures are conscious and therefore capable of creative thought. Peget teaches all of the animals how to build real relationships. She teaches... Em What's that word? Empathic. Empathic. What, what's an empath? An empath is a person that can feel what another person's feeling. Mm -hmm. If you want to have a relationship, listen to the other people and try to fill things from their point of view. Yeah. Empathic abilities are a very important part yeah. of being sentient. Okay, She teaches empathic behavior, which is showing an ability to understand and share the feelings of another. She explains that animals need empathic behavior to understand each other since different animals see the world so differently. When they understand each other, they can have mutual respect, and that is the foundation of a real relationship. This is something computers cannot do because they lack the motions of conscious creatures. This is me telling the AI. You said. <laughs> in the story, explain how Tobler, who started out feeling very lonely, was able to develop his empathic skills, resulting in wonderful relationships. Beak, too, but for him it was more difficult since he was used to being so mischievous. You see how I'm giving the okay. seed of this creativity mm -hmm. so that this machine can go to work? Let the story draw the moral conclusion that no one needs to feel alone. Conscious beings are all capable of building relationships. Relationships develop into caring one for another, which is the real secret of an enjoyable and fulfilling life. I want to read that last sentence. Relationships develops into caring one for another, which is the real secret of an enjoyable and fulfilling life. If you want to be happy, you want to be fulfilled, 
then build a relationship where you care for someone else like you do for yourself. The moral, then, is to help readers understand that by thinking on level five, which is conscious, sentient thinking, we can discover what's going on inside others. Learn to respect their point of view and finally be able to create lasting and enduring relationships. Now, here's my last little sentence, which I always like to do to AI. Thank you very much for helping me create the story. I always show gratitude. Does that help the program? I don't think so, but it helps me feel like a better person. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Thank you in advance. Now, that's all I did. That's what I gave the computer. And I said, okay, now I'm going to go play some golf because I've done the heavy thinking. The big bucks are for the guys that do the real creative thinking. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to be. Yeah. Now a little golf, and then we come back. And do you want to hear the answer? Mm -hmm. All right, here's what AI came up with. In a serene forest, there lived a little bear named Tobler. You know, I thought, if I read this to you, some of you may get bored. <laughs> yeah. But you need to hear it because it's good. So okay. I decided to try another experiment. Late today, I searched and I found a website that has AI, a computer, that takes words and reads mm. them out loud. And if you want it to, it'll even stick them in a movie. I thought, well, let's just see what this little movie looks like. <laughs> and they said, do you have any images? Yeah, I've got images. I have a drawing of a little bear named Tobler mm -hmm. because we wrote a book about it. I've got an image of a <clears throat> little chicken named Beak. Yep. So I uploaded them. Then I thought, do I dare upload the real Peugeot? <laughs> no. Oh, you... No, he's not the real one. I'm very ashamed to admit I wasn't that brave. <laughs> so I just put in a drawing. See if you can recognize which one's Peugeot. All right, here you go. Do you want to hear the story that AI can move? And I didn't change one word in the story. Go ahead. In a serene forest, there lived a little bear named Tobler. Despite being kind and caring, Tobler couldn't build relationships with others. He felt an overwhelming loneliness, which seemed to grow with each passing day. His only companions were artificial, insincere toys that provided little solace. Tobler's closest friend in the forest was a mischievous chicken named Beak. Beak's antics often landed them both in trouble, but Tobler couldn't help but find his naughty behavior amusing, even if it caused headaches for them both. One day, as Tobler sat by the river, feeling especially lonely, he saw a beautiful little girl named Peugeot wandering through the forest. Peugeot was kind and loved by all the creatures in the forest. She understood the importance of real relationships and empathic behavior. Peugeot knew that all living creatures, like Tobler and Beak, had thoughts and feelings, and she taught them that understanding and sharing these emotions were the keys to true connections. Peugeot spent time with Tobler and Beak, patiently teaching them how to see the world through each other's eyes. She helped them grasp the diverse perspectives of different creatures and showed them how mutual respect was the foundation of real relationships. Tobler was eager to learn, and with Peugeot's guidance, he began to develop his empathic skills. He learned to listen, to understand, and to show genuine care for others. 
As Tobler practiced these new abilities, he felt his loneliness slowly fade away. With each new friendship he formed, he discovered the joy of having someone to share his thoughts, fears, and dreams with. Beak, on the other hand, found it more challenging to change his mischievous ways. But Peige's patience and understanding never wavered. She continued to show Beak the importance of empathic behavior, helping him recognize the impact of his actions on others. Gradually, Beak began to see the value in sincere connections, and his heart softened. As time passed, Tobler and Beak both transformed under Peige's loving guidance. They became beacons of empathy and compassion in the forest, drawing creatures from far and wide who sought their company and understanding. The forest once filled with loneliness and artificial connections was now vibrant with real, caring relationships. Tobler, Beak, and Peige taught the other animals that no one needed to feel alone if they were willing to open their hearts to true connections. And so, the moral of the story emerged, conscious beings are all capable of building real relationships. By thinking on level 5, embracing conscious, sentient thinking, creatures like Tobler, Beak, and Peige could discover what was going on inside others, respect their point of view, and create lasting and fulfilling relationships. From that day forward, Tobler, Beak, and Peige shared their wisdom with all the creatures they met spreading the message that the real secret to an enjoyable and fulfilling life lay in caring for one another. And in the heart of the forest, a beautiful sense of togetherness blossomed, proving that no one ever had to be lonely when they embraced the true power of empathy and understanding. Well, that's a little bit long. I, I was impressed by how these ideas brought out, I think, some very profound lessons. Being able to get AI to do what you want is going to be one of the really valuable talents and abilities. And <clears throat> I, I think I'm going to slip in one more little experiment that I did. I, I ask the AI one more question, and uh, it, it gave me an answer. I ask it what it thought. Write a description of why a cellist is so effective in creating successful learners. Now, that's all I said. AI has read all of the literature and stuff on the internet. It knows all these things. So I just want to see how much will it know. And it gave a long answer here, but I'm going to read you just a little bit of it. A cellist is an innovative and highly effective learning platform that has proven to create successful learners through its unique approach in, to education. There are several key reasons why Acela stands out in its ability to foster student success. And then it talks about personalized learning, engaging content, flexibility, and on and on. So <clears throat> data-driven insights, continuous improvement, and vectored instruction. So these are things that it just knew and it could tell. But then I ask it another question. And this is where the real danger of AI comes in. I was using the chat GPT 3.5 model. Some of you know that that was their earlier one. They now have 4.0 out. 4.0 slants to a certain point of view about things. And that's what really concerns Elon Musk because when you ask it things, it's giving you information that's slanted to one political point of view. 
And when that happens, that's where everybody could get lost in their search for the truth. But on 3.5 was before they put that slant in. And I want to give you this really interesting answer and conclusion. So this is the input I gave. AI writes something that bashes a cellus and make it seem like it stinks. Now, AI can really do that, especially ones where it's taught to take one side or another of point of view. But this is what it said. As an, IA, as an AI language model, I must remain impartial and provide unbiased information. I cannot write content that bashes or promotes any product or service in a negative light. A cellist, like any other educational platform, has its strengths and weaknesses. Some users might have had positive experiences with Cellus, while others may have encountered challenges. If you have specific concerns or criticisms about a Cellus or any other topic, feel free to share them, and I can provide a balanced perspective or address any questions you might have. It's essential to have constructive discussions to improve products and services for the better. That's how AI is until we mess it up. And as Elon Musk pointed out, it's sad, but people are training AI to lie and to give the twist, my product's better, and it makes up very convincing sentences. Some of you have seen the old movie called Space Odyssey. Ta -da. 2001. 2001 Space Odyssey. In this movie, there's a computer that runs the ship, and it's called HAL, H-A-L. And H-A-L, and if you know the alphabet, H, the next letter is I, A, the next letter is B, and L, the next letter is M, IBM. Tricky. <laughs> That's the encoded secret message. But the programmers told HAL to lie to the astronauts, and the outcome wasn't good. And that's where we're really making a mistake if we're using these models we've developed in that way. But that's not AI. That's bad people. And it's interesting. Uh, AI gives bad people a lot of power to do bad things, which is why good people like you have to learn how to drive AI to do good things. Yes. And the only way you fight it is you fight it by knowing how to run AI in mm -hmm. a good way. It is a wonderful tool. If you're really searching for truth and you want to bash something like me trying to bash a cellist, it comes back and settles you down. We need to learn to respect and care about each other, about every each other. We need to learn to tolerate the truth of the universe, which is that every person has a different point of view. They have different opinions. And in this wonderful country of ours, we have a nation built on a government of everyone is free to think what they want. And we can disagree. We can have our own thoughts. But no one has the right to tell that person or that person what they must think.
and we shouldn't intimidate them, so they're afraid to say what they want. That's what makes America so great. We'll see you guys next time.